0: This is Kauri 97.5 FM, Abbey and I'm Jackie Wilson-Batul.
1: Ramadan starts today. Millions of Muslims all over the world are caught in the web. The Holy Land, Saudi Arabia is desolate, all religious rituals cancelled, fasting is restricted to the home, no mosques are open and the usual fanfare associated with the breaking of fast in the evening is no more. This enemy has no respect for anybody, big, medium, small, nor does it give a hoot about your religious beliefs. About time that fundamentalists start having a rethink about the God they say sent them on a mission to preach His word by killing non-believers. The new coronavirus is here with us and it is resetting the button. Welcome to our daily focus on COVID-19, its consequences for social behavior, advocacy, conservation, good governance, transparency, accountability, and I have added a new one, political common sense. I am Woli Thomas and Abia El joins us today from Cairo, Egypt with our Ramadan series. It's going to be a daily feature for the next 30 or so days of Ramadan and she will move you to deep thoughts
2: you
3: Your responsibility stop the spread of coronavirus
4: keep a distance of at least two meters between you and others hi there i'm lucy van olden barneveld from the canadian broadcasting corporation if you're tuned to cowrie 97.5 fm then it's time to get serious covid 19 or coronavirus is real so stay away from crowded areas keep to hygiene rules and more importantly listen to and abide by what government tells you to do if you go to the market keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact any contact at all you need to wash your hands remember coronavirus is defiant it attacks all big or small thanks i'm glad you've heard my message i'm lucy and i work and live in canada
1: calories 97.5 abier elganomi is broadcast journalist based in Cairo, egypt she's also a human resources expert Starting today, Abir will deliver our Ramadan talk series on the Reset button, a Kauri Radio presentation on the COVID-19 pandemic.
2: My name is Abir al Ramadan Kareem. Greetings to Kauri Radio listeners from Cairo, Egypt. May the blessings and peace of Allah be with us all through Ramadan and at all times. We shall survive the pandemic. I have never thought like each human on the planet that a pandemic would force all to give up the life details we have revolved around from the day we were born to the day we would die. We are all living in a state of uncertainty that forces the sane and wise do a reality check. I personally don't know whether my outer Zen reflects a similar one inside which will equip me with the necessary physical immunity to survive this pandemic. My mind is like a pot of boiling ideas, emotions, visions, memories and rationale. I had never thought that my voluntary social distancing in the past five years will become the norm and one of the measures taken to limit the possibilities of becoming infected. I never thought that not shaking hands, hugging, or embracing others is an act of love and compassion. Our lives are not anymore the same and is never going to be the same. Even for the ignorant thieves, tyrants, and the list goes on. Our judgment of good and bad, kind and evil is tested now. I have to excuse those who are in a state of denial, as our convictions are being challenged as well as our choices, standards and values. Our outer shields we set as way of protection were so vulnerable beyond belief and our inner fragility is threatened by unknown enemy, so small yet paradoxically so big. The human race is facing karma and now it is time. For genuine prayers. Now we know the real size of our egos. Now we gain a deeper sense of what humanity is all about. Now we recheck our values and rethink our life purpose. Now we should end discrimination based on race, ethnicity, and gender. Now we redefine our roles in the existence quest as we are all on survival mode. Now powers are being shifted. A pandemic has stormed the human race to force space to other creatures unseen and unrecognized to us. Now each one of us is forced to discover the real size, and that we are as tiny as grains of sand in the universe, and that the bigger the number is not necessarily the mightier the power. It is what we bring to the altars. It is the sacrifices we have made and we still have to make to withstand the tides. We are all learning the value of human connection that we have given up for fake reasons like winning our bread instead of making our bread, working instead of laboring, taking instead of giving, abusing instead of sustaining, destroying instead of building and pretending instead of walking the talk. The grass is not greener on the other side. Unemployment rates are skyrocketing and people are working from home. It is expected that the Internet will collapse as we humans have never prepared for such a moment. It is expected that production and services in many sectors will stop and that the world population will be down by half. What will happen in the coming three months is not calculated for as we are all for the first time in the history of mankind fighting for one cause, and that is the defeat of the pandemic. There will be many physical losses, most painful of all losses in human lives. Now we are forced to live day by day. No stocking of material will save us from experiencing scarcity. Even concepts of social responsibility, private investments, startups, SMEs, and the like are being reviewed. Nature is taking over, and the birds and I get to witness the shift between night and shining sunlight, my terrace plants are filling my surrounding with pleasant smells, I'm regaining my senses again, especially that of smelling. I don't imagine pictures anymore or live life out of the magazine or a storybook. I suffice with experiencing the details of my little space with butterflies, landing in my terrace and my cats playing around, embracing the morning with a strange sense of excitement. The doves are also landing and stray dogs are at peace. The noise is less, allowing more time for self-reflection. And experiencing the world as tasty, like sipping out of a freshly cooked glass of red tea mixed with a leaf of peppermint or a cinnamon stack, stick and sweetened with a teaspoon of white honey. <laughs>
4: يا طهر الأخلاق
5: يا محمد يا هدي الأكوان يا محمد يا تجرسني يا محمد يا خير خلقك
4: يا رسول الله
1: Abiyah will be back with us tomorrow. You're listening to The Reset brought in on Kauri 97.5 FM radio, Abeokuta. I say, Corona bijaku, nana jayude go.
5: Corona bijaku, nana jayude go. Ah, We get our sickness.
0: Eh? And we like our international sickness. We no wonder. We get our sickness. And we like our international sickness. We no wonder. Ah! careful our sickness. <laughs> ah la <laughs> la 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 we like not international that know what that.
1: Dr. Dave Price is a leading ICU doctor on viruses. Dr. Price and his dad run a 1,200-bed hospital in New York City, United States. He has been offering us great and useful tips on how to deal with COVID-19. We continue the series today.
5: You don't have to be scared of the outside world now. You don't have to be scared of your neighbor. And I have actually found that to be incredibly liberating right now. So in New York City... um, We're receiving food from delivery men. Um, We have to go outside to the grocery store. Um, It's a time when we're all really scared. Um, And I think it's what makes it worse is to when you go outside and to look and think that the person next to you is gonna somehow harm you or harm your family. But when you know that the only way you're gonna get this disease is if your hands are dirty and that if you touch your face, and that if you are way too close to that person, that becomes incredibly liberating. And then all of a sudden, the person at the store is not your enemy. There's someone who's going through this with you. The delivery person is not your enemy, they're a hero. They're going out and and delivering food at a time when there's a communicable disease that they don't understand. The mailman is a hero. You know, these are people that we have to, the same way we're acknowledging and celebrating healthcare providers, when you understand this disease and know exactly what to do to prevent getting it, then it allows us for the next couple of weeks to months to be able to, to sustain the system that we have. We have to be able to have mail. We have to be able to get delivery. and seamless in New York City. It's the only way we eat. Um, but if you can protect yourself and you know your family's safe, then I think that's empowering. Socially, this is incredibly important, and we did this at my mom's house, is you have to shrink your social circle. And so what does that mean? So in our family, um, I think you guys know that my parents live on a farm. Um, We had a lot of traffic through the farm. We had um, families um, who who come and see the horses, um, who ride the horses. Um, But you have to understand that every person, um, every one of those people have potentially two or three other contacts and two or three other contacts. And so what I would highly encourage you guys to do as the country is shutting down is find your isolation group find your um, your your group of three people four people your family um, and set boundaries that is it the people who are going to get this are people who are maintaining large social circles at this point so what did that mean for my family is so Jean young um, and our kids and my mom are on the farm they're at the Hopewell house and that is exclusively the social circle that they're they're circulated They talk to their family every day. They see people, you know, like through FaceTime, but there's no one coming in and out of the house. They can still go to the store and you can go to the store without any fear because you know if you wash your hands and you don't touch your face, you're not gonna get this disease. And so it's very important at this point to keep your social circles small Don't have, don't be going to the Elks Club or the Elks Club, excuse me. Um, Don't be putting yourself in a situation where you have a lot of contact with a lot of people because it's just a vulnerability. You don't know that the person at the farm who you slapped hands with two days later will not have this disease because then that means that you're going to have to socially isolate it then.
1: Dr. Dave Price, New York's leading ICU doctor on viruses. You're listening to The Reset Bought In on Calorie 97.5 FM radio. Next, the story of the rat, the bait, and the poison. Calorie 97.5 FM. When you want to kill a rat, you get a poison and a bait. The bait can be fish, meat, something tasty that the rat will go gaga for. It'll eat the bait and the poison, oblivious of the fact that there's poison mixed with the juicy package. Well, that story is typical of what is happening to some countries in Africa, has already happened to some in Asia and the Pacific. These countries fell for the Chinese bait, and now they're paying the price for their foolishness. There is no free ride. Our next story tells it better.
0: Hi, what you see here is $10,000 on the table. You can take this money as a loan, but I will charge you a little bit of interest rate. Like most people, you take the money and you go buy a nice car. But in 10 years, it's time to pay me back. And because of interest rates, now you owe me $20,000 and not 10. You will say, I don't have money to give you. And if you don't, I take your car and a piece of your house. This is how debt works. And after three years of traveling the world, I noticed that this is exactly what China is doing. For example, take the small island nation of Sri Lanka. This developing country needs money, and China has a lot of it. So Sri Lanka took billions of dollars in Chinese loans. It was easy money just there to be taken. And with that, they built skyscrapers, highways, airports, and shipping ports. The country grew and prospered. But few years later, this easy money came with interest rates and Sri Lanka was so much in debt that it couldn't pay back China its money. And the only way out was to give China control of what they had built. In other words, Sri Lanka lost a piece of its home to China because of debt. This is the Chinese money trap. And it's a real thing I saw all over the world. In Papua New Guinea, I saw $2 billion in loans given by the Chinese to build skyscrapers, infrastructures and ports. But there is no way this remote developing country can pay it back or its interest rate. And the only way out is to give China control of the country. In the Maldives, Pakistan, Malaysia, Laos, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Egypt, Kenya, and South Africa The same thing is happening and many countries are struggling to pay back Chinese loans If you look closely, all these infrastructure projects like highways, ports, and bridges connect to China through the sea or through the land to form something far bigger, far more powerful than just a bridge a new Silk Road. The world is already made by China, and I think slowly it will be owned by China. Don't get me wrong. Building bridges, ports, highways, and airports is a great thing for the people in the country. But they come at a very high cost. And when these countries can't pay back the loans, these countries will lose their own. One thing my parents had taught me is that there's no such thing as a free lunch or a free ride. So if we're not careful with our money or other people's money, then we better start learning Chinese. Xia Chiu Xian.
1: Well, I hope you haven't fallen for the Chinese bait. that I hear someone say, but we've got lovely boulevards in Abeokuta built by the Chinese? And my question... Will there last as long as roads built by Obafemi Wolawo as governor of Old Western Region in the early to mid-60s? Some of these roads still lead to remote locations today, and today is 2020. Tell me another story, please. Now, let's fast forward to 2039, and this BBC report tells us what the world will be like in
6: 2039. That's about two decades By 2039, the world will look and feel very different. The rate of change is itself speeding up. And 20 years from now, power will have shifted dramatically. So who might be up and who might be down 20 years from now? Let me take you on a journey of possibles. Up, Africa, a rapidly increasing population, could fuel Africa's surging economic growth with a pool of young, better educated and globally connected workers. But the biggest revolution in Africa might be the spread of vast super arrays of far cheaper solar panels. To quote one energy guru, the world will have learnt to put solar panels where the sun actually shines. Also up, China, the superpower. After cornering many of the world's vital raw materials, could it now control both its own people and many other countries struggling to repay its loans? Could we see a world where China exerts its influence through movies and music too? But if there are winners, which countries could be losers by 2039? Down, perhaps most of Europe. Financial services and banking will be overwhelmingly driven by AI. So Europe loses much of its global edge. Parents who once urged children to become lawyers and doctors beg them to become designers, artists, even actors. Anything creative, not easily done by robots. Down, but not out. United States of America, eclipsed by China and paying a price for getting late to wind and solar. Also down, the Middle East, largely ignored internationally because no one needs its oil and gas anymore. So what commodities could be driving the future in 2039? Fossil fuels have become the new forbidden fruit. Oil has lost most of its value. Alternative fuels plus a collapse in the use of plastics has seen to that. Water, clean water, will be more precious than ever. Water wars have replaced oil wars. Along the Nile or any mighty river, conflicts could break out as states closest to the sea fight those further upstream, accused of taking too much of the water. Data, however, will be king. By 2039, more and more is being bought and sold, mostly illegally and in secret. All governments will rely on data as the method of control. Some countries will have followed the Scandinavian lead by choosing near total transparency of tax returns, earnings, lifestyles to reduce the secret data threat. And more and more citizens everywhere could be fighting back, becoming data refuseniks. Fed up with the negative effects of social media, will they simply abandon cyberspace wherever they can, minimizing their electronic footprint, even reverting to writing and delivering private messages by hand.
1: That report, courtesy of BBC, and just in case you are wondering, it's Friday the 24th of April, and the year is 2020. Just in case you thought for one minute that we are in 2039. Paula Walla Mackinde is next, and we rewind to yesterday. Thursday, 23rd April 2020, and
3: from our London United Kingdom studios, this is Kauri. 97.5 FM Newsbeat. I am Bolaola Mackinde. Police in Kenya have reportedly arrested two people who escaped from a coronavirus quarantine center in the capital Nairobi. The two were among dozens of others who were filmed jumping over a wall of the quarantine center, thereby drawing public condemnation. They were arrested while drinking at a bar in Rosambo area north of the city and were taken back to the quarantine centre. However, during their arrest, they said they had planned the escape as no testing was conducted on them. Tanzanian opposition leader Zito Kabwe has warned the government against giving false hopes as coronavirus cases in the country rise significantly. Kabwe opined that citizens needed to be aware of the true picture of the pandemic. This came as the country confirmed 30 new cases on Wednesday, pushing the total to 284, including 10 deaths. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Kazim Majiliwa has urged Tanzanians to trust the government and its medical experts in the fight against the coronavirus. He said the government had to assess every measure before imposing stricter rules to curb the spread of the virus. The head of the World Health Organization, WHO, Tedros Adahom Ghebreyesus as warned of worrying upward trends in coronavirus cases in Africa, Central and South America, and Eastern Europe. Dr. Ghebreyesus told a video news conference in Geneva that while most of the epidemics in Western Europe appeared to be stable or in decline, for many countries the disease was just getting started. Dr. Ghebreyesus noted that some countries which had appeared to do well in the initial stages of the pandemic were now seeing an upsurge in cases. He consequently warned that the coronavirus would stay for a long time. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has warned that the coronavirus outbreak risks becoming a human rights crisis. Guterres said the outbreak could give some countries an excuse to adopt repressive measures for reasons unrelated to the pandemic. According to data compiled by John Hopkins University, the new coronavirus has so far infected more than 2.6 million people globally, while more than 183,120 have died. Guterres, however, released a United Nations report earlier today highlighting how human rights should guide the response and recovery to the health, social, and economic crisis currently affecting the world. Iran's Islamic Revolution Guard Corps, IRGC, has said it has successfully launched a military satellite into orbit for the first time. The IRGC said the launch took place in the remote central desert on Wednesday. A statement by the call revealed that the satellite, named ner Light reached an orbit of 425 kilometers after being carried by a three-stage cassette launcher. IRGC's Commander-in-Chief, Major General Hussein Salami, said the force had taken a major step in promoting the scope of its strategic information capabilities. Also, Iranian Telecommunications Minister Mohammad Javad Azari Jahromi congratulated the IRGC on what he tagged the great national achievement, stressing that the Aerospace Forces space program was defensive. The success of the launch has, however, not been verified independently. Meanwhile, United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said Iran had violated a United Nations resolution and needed to be held accountable. Pompeo spoke shortly after President Donald Trump tweeted that he had instructed the U.S. Navy to shoot down and destroy any and all Iranian gunboats if they harass U.S. ships at sea. Trump appeared to be referring to an incident in the Gulf a week ago in which the U.S. said 11 IRGC Navy vessels repeatedly conducted harassing approaches of six U.S. Navy and Coast Guard ships, but Iran accused the United States of giving a Hollywood version of events revealing that the U.S. Navy had blocked the path of an Iranian ship earlier this month. A spokesman for the Iranian armed forces subsequently criticized Trump's tweet, saying instead of bullying others, the U.S. should focus on saving the contingent of the armed forces that has been infected with coronavirus. And finally… United States President Donald Trump has signed an executive order to temporarily suspend the approval of some green cards. Trump said the measure which contains a number of exemptions is to last for 60 days but could be extended. The order suspends the Diversity Visa Lottery, which issues about 50,000 green cards annually. The measure is also expected to stop the practice of green card holders sponsoring their extended families to permanent U.S. residency, which the President calls chain migration, but it does make an exception for American citizens, spouses, and unmarried children under the age of 21. Also exempt are the hundreds of thousands of green card applicants already living and working in the U.S., and those seeking entry to work as doctors, nurses, or other healthcare professionals. Trump disclosed that the order is designed to protect American workers' jobs in an economy pummeled by the coronavirus. This, he said, will ensure that unemployed Americans of all backgrounds will be first in line for jobs as the economy reopens. And that has been Kauri 97.5 FM Newsbeat, Thursday, 23rd April 2020. I am Bola Wola day.
1: And that's it on the Reset Port today. Remember, stay safe, social distancing, learn not to touch your face, hand washing, and mask wearing. Keep body and home clean, and you're safe from COVID 19. I am Willie Thomas, and it's been the Reset Port in from Kauri 97.5 FM Radio, Abeokuta.
3: responsibility. Stop the spread of coronavirus. Keep a distance of at least two meters between
4: you and others. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden-Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Kauri 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, Keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact. Any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada.
2: This is Cowry 97.5
0: FM, Abbey and I'm Jackie Wilson-Bakry.
5: Chau,